Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to go, you go with me, if you would. And while we are going there, uh, I just want to say that uh, uh, none of us are probably unaware of what season that we're in, right? Yeah, if you've got grandkids, you'll be made aware of it. Uh, And uh, I was, we have... uh, uh, weekly devotions at, uh, at the uh, office every week. We meet, pray. Uh, I ask for a report from the field. What are people hearing if there are needs? But we gather together and always asking, you know, uh, what are we hearing from the field? What are the needs? And a lot of, of requests come in. And I did a little devotion about words. I said, uh, you know, uh, bloggist. Uh, authors, writers, uh, they tell us that there are 500, I believe it is, 595 power words. And I want to talk about every one of them today. No, no I'm just joking. <laughs> and you all said goodbye. But anyway, 595 power words in the English language. And they say that those uh, 595 words can be compartmentalized uh, uh, into eight categories. And it gave uh, what some of those, or it gave all eight of them, I can't remember, but one of them is encouragement, one's healing, one was lust, one was, uh, well, I I can't go into all of it now. My mind is not on that. It just hit me when I uh, came up here. But I went back and I uh, told uh, about the story of Jesus. And it said, and the angel of the Lord said, words. And the shepherds heard the words, and then they went and they said the power of words. Do you realize that life and death is in the power of the tongue? Somebody mentioned something similar to that today, and you're talking about, you know, just speak Jesus over the situation that is in our life. But you have the the power of life and death in your tongue. How? Through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Really, because of Christmas, that Jesus came to give us an added weapon against the devil for the sake of our souls, for the glory of God. And so many times, it's like, we are like the, the story of the, uh, the, the great uh, 
manufacturing engineer that retired and they all wanted to give him a going away party and it all excited and you know they had the decoration committee they had the menu committee they had the presentation committee they had the awards committee man they were just so excited about this party that they were going to have for this executive that nobody thought about telling the executive that retired And they all showed up at the party. And he, well, where's John? Well, who's supposed to tell John about? I don't, I don't know. I, we just thought he would know. So many times in our Christmas celebrations, we need to be sure that Jesus is invited to be a part of everything we do. Everything that we do. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to go with us to, uh, to uh, Luke chapter 2. Now, I'm looking back here, and I'm seeing two different screens. Which one am I supposed to be looking at? <clears throat> the one that brings up Luke chapter 2 is, uh, there we go. Oh, wow, it's on both of them. <clears throat> I, I, want us to, uh, I want us to notice something. Why Jesus? Why Christmas? Why, why do we celebrate Christmas? Now, I want us to understand before we get into this, the scripture that let, let's look back at a little history. And while you're going to Luke chapter 2 or you're focusing your attention on pro presenter. And <laughs> but I, I want us to, uh, to under, to uh, uh, one more time, just I, I uh, praise and worship team, y'all bless my heart this morning. You, you did a phenomenal, phenomenal job, and I, I thank God for you and what you're doing and, and uh, the ministry of this local church. I want us to look historically when Jesus was born. You know, there's something about history. I, I remember uh, <clears throat> years ago when we were living over in Garner, pastoring the Garner Church, that somehow my boys managed to go through school without ever having homework. I really believe they had it, but we'll stop there. <clears throat> but my daughter had it and did it. And so uh, I, I thought it was abuse. My daughter would come home from grammar school. Daddy, will you help me with my homework? And I'm thinking, I'm saying, what kind of a terrible teacher? Because the last few years, teachers have not given homework. I've not helped the boys do a bit of homework. So, But anyway, she was very conscientious. So I got down the floor with her one day, and I was reading history. And I looked at her, and I said, uh, Brooke, that's not history. I remember that. She said, duh. <laughs> I mean, when you live long enough to read history in the history books and you remember it, you know, you know you have lived. But anyway, uh, history, the, the older I get, the more I love history. And really, I like to go back, Brother Danny, and see, are they telling it right? Amen. Right? Are, are they telling it right? But anyway, I, I, I went back and I began to study the history, the political 
setting atmosphere when Jesus was born. And when Jesus was born, Herod the Great, he was king and he ruled over Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. And they called it, he said, he ruled like as in a police state. Or he, Herod was known as a client king. In other words, he was... He was the king of, of the, these Jewish areas, but he was really sold out to the Romans. And he was appointed by Rome to run the huge kingdom for the Jews. Now, the political climate during Jesus' life and ministry was, uh, was extremely dangerous. The Roman Empire had made its way into Israel and it was an occupying force and it was a visible force. And so King Herod and others that were hungry for power and wealth sold themselves out to the Romans and was essentially working for another government that had captured them and were, and were not working for the good of the Jews. Are you following me on that? So during that, we find that there was a lot of unstableness taking place in their surrounding world. And so this made, during this time, the Roman Empire was in control, but there was a lot of distrust there was a lot of hatred and there was a lot of violence. It almost sounds like today in America. <clears throat> Sometimes we may feel like, hey, are our leaders really for us? And I don't expect you to amen me here, but uh, the, I'm going to get to a place that uh, it will be all right to say amen. But we're living in, and as they were living in chaotic times, they were living in times of mistrust. They could not believe anything that was taking place. They had totally rejected the truth and they were living in fear. And then it tells us, in, in Luke chapter 2 and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world was going to be taxed and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed everyone into his own city. Now and the Bible said and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David and they did that to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife being great with child. Now if you could stop there for just a moment. She was <coughs> espoused, or we may use the term engaged, because they had not been fully wedded and the marriage had not been consummated at the time. They had not come together in a relational experience. But they went to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. There they were going not 
fully married, but getting ready to have a baby. It was, she was in, uh, in the last trimester while they were there. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she would be delivered. And she gave birth and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The hotels were filled, okay? And, and everybody was gathering there to list taxes. And now, and they probably felt about like you do on April the 15th when you've got to write out that check, amen? And they, were, they probably were not there singing joy to the world. No, they were probably not there they were probably there and you if you lend an ear to those behind you you would probably hear cursing of authorities a cursing of government and you probably heard a lot of different things coming from the mouths because the people were under suppression and the people were being taxed one more time and, and there was a heavy bondage and, and, and I can see Mary and she probably had every reason uh, did she have every reason to throw a fit this is not fair uh, we, we would have done that well, I got aggravated the other day in Dillard's because of a hundred dollar gift card I told my daughter I said don't ever send me one of those things again it was an e-card and and I've got other things through the mail and, and I, I, get, I have some clothes laid in there and I went and lay it down and, and the man says oh I can't do that I said well it's in y'all's name it's Dillard's it's, it's right there oh I know but you've got to do this I said do what and he said well you've got to uh, 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 do something on uh, uh, on my email so I said alright you know now I'm not the techiest guy in the world okay and, and so uh, there I am and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, getting it and it says we do not recognize your email and I thought, you just sent me a gift card on my email. And you don't recognize my email. So the, the, the attendant there, he was so nice and, and he, he, he knew I was an old man and he was a young man and he was being so nice and patient and I honored him for that. And finally, after calling the service department or the uh, service, they, uh, two or three, four times, whatever it was, somebody finally showed up. Well, I was ready to go then. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, sir, you must not be. I said, I used to get all your emails and you took me off during COVID. I said, so it's not my fault. And I said, my daughter, I said, may I ask you, is this a scam or are you for real? And, so he, and he said, well, 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 sir, it's your email. I said, you, I know you sent me a, an e-card through my email. So apparently my email is all right, but you 
you can't recognize it, so you're not going to fulfill the commitment of this card. I, I, I said, explain that to me. Well, I, 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 I said, why on this card don't you just have a little QR code that you all just can put you, you didn't know I knew that phrase, did you? But that you all can just put your phone up there and scan it and, and I'll be, I'd be out of your way. And he said, well, we're trying to do everything that we can to, uh, to uh, 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 create an atmosphere that it's hard for people to hack your account. I said, but the customer's getting hacked right here. By the, uh, by the establishment. I said, uh, can you explain that? He, he couldn't. And, and so I just said, well, you know, I've got other things to do my, my whole day. And then I said, honey, don't send me no more of those cards. Uh, uh, I started to get aggravated. Uh, no, I didn't start to get aggravated. I was aggravated. And I'm thinking, my mind went back and I apologized and I asked God to forgive me. I got to thinking about Mary. Mary had every right in the world to probably say, Joseph, what are you doing bringing me down here to stand in line knowing that I'm getting ready to give birth to a child and I've got to hear all of this about now you put me in a cow stall. What in the world? But did she lock herself away and she says, I'm not going to talk to anybody and I'm not going to have any relation and I'm going to let my mood show through. Don't find one place where she was screaming at the sky or crying or feeling sorry for herself. But it says, and, and there was in that same country, shepherds were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so, they were afraid because the presence of God had made an appearance and they didn't know what was getting ready to happen next and the angel said oh fear not don't be alarmed you don't have anything because up till that time a divine visitation usually meant trouble and it, it meant sorrow but he says I've come to bring you some good news oh thank God for the good news that Christmas brings us today oh he, he's not a baby still in a manger but he grew up. He gave his life. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he's there today making intercession for us. Hallelujah. Angel said, fear not. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day. Go back. Get in the history of it. You're there. You're, you're there in Bethlehem. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is called Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. In other words, you're getting ready to go down there. And you're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and he's going to be laying in a manger. And all of a sudden, there was a shift in the conversation. The story then goes to you and to me not to kings, not to uh, Caesar Augustus, not to the rulers of the land, but it comes to the average working everyday person. And he said, and suddenly there was with the angel 
of the multitude, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone, they went back into heaven. The shepherds, the shepherds represent the working man. They were on the hillside. So this is not a story for kings and queens and princesses and princes, but it's a story for the every day working man in the world, the shepherd. And the shepherd said one to another, let us go to Bethlehem and let us see this thing which has came to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Mary was still processing it because it said, she kept all these things in her heart. But the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things they had seen, they had heard and seen, it was told them. Now, even though there was some chaotic times taking place, when we came in here a while ago, you began to Talk about the blood that covers the sins of everybody. You talked and you sang about freedom. You testified to the healing of our diseases, what this Jesus did. You talked about, it's because of you, Lord, we're here. You even uh, uh, said in one of your songs, and I grabbed the pen again, to restore the brokenhearted. And then somewhere else, uh, the, your song says, you breathe your breath in our lungs. We pour, I was thinking, God, I don't have the ingenuity to create breath but God should I not honor you enough with your breath shouldn't I let it flow through me and should I not offer you praise and adoration to the king of kings and to the lord of lords the, the shepherds returned doing what glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and they were seen yes we may be in the the midst of chaotic times. We may be in the midst of mistrust. We may not believe a word that the news media says, but I'm here today to tell you the news media in chapter two of the verse of the book of Luke says he was born, but it goes on to say that he gave his life, but he was resurrected the third day. And for me, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to magnify him. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter one. I want us to go there. I want us to look at four things very quickly. Why Jesus? Why Christmas? Why Jesus? Notice now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. You may be seated. <clears throat> really, if I would go back, it was 
you would go back to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. I don't know if you can flip there real easy or not. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll read it for you. It says, The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Just leave it at verse 18. I'm coming back there. But it says, And Abraham beget Isaac, and Isaac beget Jacob. And do, do you see there what is happening? Man beget son. Man beget, or father beget son. Father beget son. But it gets down to verse 18. He says, Now, Jesus got here a totally different different way he got here a different way it was on this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed betrothed or espoused or engaged a type of engagement not the same as we call engagement before they came together that means before the marriage was consummated she was found with child of the Holy Ghost you'll look at verse 18 or 19 real quick and it tells us it says then Joseph, her husband, Joseph, her husband, being a just man, Joseph was a good man, did not want to get Mary stoned, uh, I'm, I'm talking about with, with rocks, because it was against the law for uh, activity to take place, spiritual act or sexual activity to take place. He was willing to put her away privily in private so that she would not be exposed to to shame and so that she would not have a bad reputation but he was really getting ready to uh, to put Mary back in the corner for nine months now get this wouldn't you have loved to been a fly on the wall when Mary went and told her mother I'm going to have a baby it would have been my first words I'd asked too who's the daddy and she, she probably thought, I ought to wring Joseph's neck. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. That, that's not the way it was. Go to verse 19 or 20. Go, go to verse 20. But as he considered those things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary uh, as thy wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Who's it? It's a God thing, mother. And I can imagine that we good church of God people sitting in the pew say, I have never heard of such in my life. Wouldn't, wouldn't we probably have said that? And you'd say, don't give me that spiritual talk, but all of a sudden God let, let Brother Joseph go to sleep. Now I want to tell you something. There's some good theology right there. I don't know if you understand it or not, but when you go through the battle and through the trial that seems to shake your life and it seems to confuse you, sometimes the best medicine is a night's rest. Because in the morning, it's never as bad as it was when it hit you. I've been in some of those terrible times. And I had to realize, it's not the end of the world. So, <clears throat> he went to sleep. That which is conceived in hers of the Holy Ghost. Okay, verse 21. 
She's going to bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Why Jesus? Because this world needed a savior. And if this world today, if that world needed a savior, how much more does this world need a savior today? And that's what the church needs to be ringing forth today. That's what the streets and the marketplaces need to hear. Hey, you don't have to go into destruction. There's a God in heaven and he loves you and he sent a savior to die for you and to give his life for you. So why Christmas? Because we needed a savior. Number two, not only do I need a savior, let's go back to we need Emmanuel. Go, go back to a verse and this took place to be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. We need God to be with us after we've been saved because there are going to be some low moments in your life that you need to feel the presence and the touch of Almighty God. And we have people that are seated on pews Sunday after Sunday that the devil has talked with them all week. But he says, hey, I want you to know that I can be with you on Monday morning, on Wednesday night, on Thursday, just like I can be with you on Sunday morning. You don't have to be in a church. You need to come to church, don't get me wrong. But you don't have to be in a church to feel the presence of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? To feel his touch for the Holy Spirit of God to come through and just pick you up and do a work in your life. And I, I'm hitting this very quickly and I'm not going through. I know I'm confusing the sound man right now. But no, not only that, but we need, we need him because he's a healer. He's a savior. He's with us. And he is a healer. Now, notice with me in Psalm 147 real quick. What is Psalms? Psalms is, it's the hymn book of the church. That, that's what the book of Psalms, it's a, a book of songs. A book of songs. And notice in, in Psalm 147, it says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. In other words, it, praise excites God. Don't, don't you want to do something that excites God? Wow. And he said, it's comely. It's always, there's just, remember this. Remember, when you leave here, you, some of you, the enemy's going to attack you before long. There's just two times that you need to praise the Lord. Just remember this. When you feel like it and when you don't. Those are the only two times that you need to praise God. In other words, at all times, it is good to sing praises uh, to our God. Now, notice uh, notice the rabbit holes that are uh, the, the the areas that uh, the that, uh, the psalmist gets here. He says, uh, the Lord, it's almost like the psalmist uh, was writing a resume for God. I, I got to show you how great God is. And he starts with over there in Jerusalem, the Lord builds up Jerusalem and he gathers together the outcast of Israel. Now notice, uh, he said, it's good to praise him. It's good to magnify him. This is why he, he builds up Jerusalem. He he gathers together the outcast of Israel. He even goes down to say, he healeth the broken in heart. 
He bindeth up their wounds. Now you think I get on rabbit trails? He has already went from Jerusalem to healing hearts and binding up wounds. And then we find he goes out of space. Notice that next one. He determines the number of the stars and he calls them by their name. The psalmist was trying to project in this song how great God is. In fact, he goes on down and he says, God's infinite. There's, there's no limit. So it's hard for finite people to understand infinity. Right? It, 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 it's hard. Now, the, if you go out tonight and you look up and it's clear, they call that that you're looking at a Milky Way, not a candy bar. But it, and they say that there are more than one Milky Ways in the universe. But they tell us in this Milky Way, if you go up and you would see the, all the stars, that there are at least 40 sextillion stars in that one Milky Way. But you, you, you ask, how many is that? It's a bunch. <laughs> it's a bunch. I, I've got this uh, Webster Unabridged Dictionary, and it's about that thick, and it's about that wide, and they tell us that there are 500,000 words in that one dictionary. So, just to get 40 sextillion of the stars' names in there, I would need 80 quadrillion of those books. Now, you think about that. So, well, what are you saying? God didn't send Christmas for one of those stars. But those stars, he knows by name. I don't know about you, but we would get mixed up with threes. Anybody got over two children or at least two children? Did you ever get their names mixed up? Mm -hmm. People, <clears throat> we're going to come see you, preacher. <clears throat> Barbies laying in the floor. Now, this is before boys started playing with Barbies. There, there were Barbies in the floor, and I knew who the Barbies belonged to, but I had called Mark's name so many more years before I'd call Brooke that in haste I'd say, Mark, Jack, all three of you get down here. Just all, all three of you. Any of you ever have to have roll call with two or three? But God. At any time. Can call. The number of stars. And he can call them by their names. And he didn't die. And that's why I said great is our God. And of great understanding. Is he? He said, I've sent him to heal the broken in heart 
and the binder. There may be some broken emotions in this place. There may be a body that's diseased in this place. I'm telling you, he's the healer for the entire man today. His emotions, his physical being, his financial situation, he's the healer today, and he came to do that. Then number four, he came to carry our grief. Didn't know how the other day this was the other night. This has not been an easy week for Glenda and myself. It was two years ago, Friday, I believe it was. We lost our firstborn child unexpectedly in ministry. Beautiful family. Had his last day of ministry. His last day on earth was the best day that he lived. Called me twice that day. and He was on top of it. Last time I talked to him. Usually at Christmas time, we all meet. There'll be 12, 14, 15 of us. And I have this. We have seven grands. And they range at that time from the age of four to about 16, 17 at the time. Now, of course, it's two years later. One of them was at that time about six foot one. Now he's six foot four. And they still get in the floor like they were little kids when it comes Christmas time. And, I, and they just gather around me. And I tell them something new that I didn't tell them last year, Pastor, about Jesus. And I ask them questions. And I really, <clears throat> I ask them some hard questions. Tell me real quick, what did you get for Christmas last year? Uh, 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 uh. They don't remember any of it. We spend, we spend a lot of money on <laughs> no memories. <laughs> Hello. But anyway, I gave them all a little three by five note card. I said, tell me right now. Don't think about it. But what is on your mind? And every one of them that came back to me. Our first Christmas without Mark. Now this was, he passed on the 8th. And this was about the 24th. And I had just went before the Lord, Brother Bird, and I said, God, I don't have a devotion this year. I was still trying to wrap my mind around it, Brother Aaron. And I'm thinking, God, what can I tell these kids that will be believable for them about Christmas and who you are. What, what can I say? And somewhere in the process of time, this scripture came to me and he said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I got this idea and I went and I got a 
five-gallon bucket. And I filled it with weights. You know, you lift weights. And then on top, I put golf balls. I knew they would relate to that. And it was heavy. And I hid it over in the corner. And I called my little four-year-old granddaughter. And I said, oh, see, I need, Papa needs your help today for the devotion. Okay, Papa, what do you need? I said, you see that little bucket that's hid over there? Of course, it was five-gallon. I said, when I look at you and ask for it, I want you to go and get it and bring it over here real quick. Okay, Papa, I'll do it. And so I get down and I start talking. Who hath believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord or the Lord revealed his powerful arm? It talks about him growing up as a tender plant out of the dry ground. Verse 3 talks about him being despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And I get to that point, I said, I need your help. And she runs and she goes, oh, Papa, I can't lift it. She was straining and turning red and I can't lift it. I said, but you got a big brother that can help you. I said, oh, our cards, everybody missed Mark. Every one of them, I said, that's what you call grief. That's what you call grieving. It's okay, family cry. I broke down, I cried. I said, that's okay. But you see, why do we have Christmas? Go to that next verse, if you, if you can. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. I like what the King James, how he phrased it right here. He's despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. We hid our faces. Verse 4 says, surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrow. I said, when the bucket gets too heavy to carry, we've got a big brother. That's what Christmas is. And the big brother comes along beside us and says, you don't have to carry it by yourself. I'm here to carry your load. I'm here to get you through. You see, many times we just look at the beautiful celebrations and we look at the baby in the manger, but we don't look at him as he's going along carrying our burdens. When we're going through the trials of our life. And it was like I just looked and I said, that's the way we've never known Christmas, but that's Christmas also. This world needs a Savior. This world needs an Emmanuel, God being with us. We need a healer. And when it gets too hard, he's here to carry our grief and our sorrow. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you because you're Lord, your Savior. And we can speak Jesus. We can speak Jesus over every situation in our life. You may be here today. You may not be a Christian. That's why we have Christmas. 
It's for you. It's for you to say, man, I know I can't make it by myself. I need you, O oh Lord. We need a God to stand with us in times. We need a healer. We need somebody to carry our grief. I don't know your situation, your spiritual climate today. But that's why we have Christmas. For whatever you need today. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our Connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.